Well, hello everybody. This is Gay back again. This time for my second update on my healing journey. I hope I sound normal. Not that anything's happened to me, but I have the only thing. The only thing I use with these recordings are earplugs, so that I don't lose my voice or whatever with the phone moving it around, and. With the earplugs and my throat collar, I'm actually one. One seems to be resting on the other, and I am sounding quite blurred, or as if I'm swimming actually, with one of those old-fashioned diving hoods on hats, things that were like goldfish bowls. That's what I feel like. So um, things are going very well for me. Thank, thank goodness. Very slow progress. Um, I think last time I, I finished on when I was going for my post-op, which was pretty good. Uh, wobbled all, my daughter took me in and I wobbled in with my walker. No, I took a walking stick, I tell a lie. Took a walking stick and obviously wobbled in with my walking stick. Um, <clears throat> the man that was supposed to call me about, uh, fixing or adjusting my collar. I didn't hear from him until the day I was going in for my post-op. Very nice message saying, um, so sorry, um, I, but I will be in at your post-op this afternoon to we show you how to adjust your collar. Well, I had called back and left a message, <clears throat> excuse me, that I had fathomed it out actually. And no need to worry about wasting time coming into my appointment. Um, so I have my little list with me and my one daughter tells the other daughter she's not going alone because she doesn't tell them everything they need to know. And she doesn't ask all the questions that we'd like to know. So one of us is going with her. So off I went, daughter in tow, which I'd much rather do independently. But anyway, I couldn't drive anyway. Um, we we get in and the nurse was, was super, really, really nice. And I ask all my questions and I tell her about the collar and everybody I'd seen didn't know what to do. with it. And she's, oh my goodness, I've never heard anything like it. Everyone you deal with, everybody for the whole, from the start of this procedure to the end, should know how to tell you to do that collar. My apologies. And so she said, but the man is here. He's going to come and talk to you. So he came in from the company and fortunately he had got my message. Again, was very apologetic, but he had with him the bone generator collar, which is quite a, quite an interesting looking thing. And he wanted to show me how to use it. And so somewhere along the line, again, miscalculations or misunderstandings I said to him that I thought the boat <clears throat> sorry the bone generator would be for my lower spine surgery when I get it done that seems to be to me bigger and more important but he said uh, and so he said oh I didn't know you were having other surgery yes so I don't want to waste time and wherever money to have the neck one if can I have one that does both 
well that's interesting yes maybe well tell you what I will try and find out and let you know about that but in the meantime I've showed you that this works on a couple of little buttons it hangs it hangs around your neck with sort of like a baby bib in front of you I suppose that's where the where the controls and and for it has to be worn for four hours per day not not all at the same time so I could spread that out lovely that would be great so um my the assistant the the other doctor from my surgery comes in and he was he was so nice and he starts to tell me about my neck and said meanwhile I have because the nurse said she was coming in to take my um not stitches pins out of my neck I had the collar in my hand so he walked in and looked quite horrified that it was in my lap not around my neck but politely he didn't say anything and I sat there you know I got used to having my neck rigid talking to him and it was really interesting because he started asking me obviously questions about what how I was going on and he said did you have an x-ray have you seen what we did to your neck and I no um, and he said, be sure you didn't have an x-ray before you left the hospital? No, I didn't think so. So he pulled up my records and there's a, there is a picture of my neck. As, as he showed it to us, I happened to turn sideways and see an absolutely horrified look on my daughter's neck, neck, face. Because, and me, me too, because I've got this contraption, I suppose, from just beneath my chin down to my shoulder blade I think C3 to 7 or something um, miraculous I've got this all this stuff in my neck and really I felt apart from the first few days and all the normal things and having a collar around my neck it, it's been I don't feel as though I've got junk in my junk in my trunk or lots of hardware in my neck but as we're talking, he, I said to him, he said something about the neck brace and we were talking about that. And he sort of went to, I suppose, touch, look at my neck. And I, I moved backwards just, just a little bit. And he, he said, oh, I'm not, I'm not saying anything to you about uh, not having the collar on. I wasn't going to put it on for you. But he said, I can actually, he said, I haven't mentioned it because I can actually see that you have been wearing it. Because he said the time we've been sitting here and he said we do this with all our patients and we can tell many things because you've been you've still kept your neck mobilized when you've turned you've turned your whole whole neck and head sideways and the other way just little increments and so I said oh gosh and so I put my collar back on and I said I'll take it off when the nurse comes in um, because I thought oh gosh maybe I'll start putting my neck in wrong positions now and he said you know he said mostly men um he said when they come in and they have their collars taken off he said straight away they do what you see swimmers doing hold the neck put one hand on top of the head and pull the neck over and then do it the other side crack oh that feels so good and pull the neck forwards and back and I'm flinching knowing what's in my throat and I like you've got to be kidding. You're crazy to think anyone I you know would just 
start swinging their head around. And he, he just laughed and he said, it happens so much more often than you can even bear to think about. So obviously that must be a terrible setback or I don't know, but it sounded awful even though it made us laugh. Um, then I discussed with him having the next surgery. And so I was told, and I think I probably said last time, a month after my next surgery is not too bad a time. He said, well, you'll see me for the next six weeks because it's usually two or three months before we can, or before we do that lumbar surgery. Oh my goodness. That's, that's all very well, but it's very difficult to organize um, people's lives around you to try and keep an eye on you, start to see that you don't fall flat on your face or give you some food or something and drinks and especially in the first week or, or two and the lumbar one might might be longer. And so I, I said to him, but is there any way? My doctor, my surgeon said a month from, and I said, if I'm doing well, if I, if, if I can't, that, that's okay. And, um, you know, I'll abide by that. I just want to do it and stand up straight or not be uh, quite in so much pain or restrained movements then, let's put it that way. So he said, well, look, I, he said, you're doing exceptionally well. You really are. He said, I will. You don't have to see me next time in a month. Um, I'll put you in with the surgeon and then you can discuss with him what you've just told me and what he said and we can go from there. We go out and make the appointment and we're both very happy about that, trying to keep over the summer. You know, I, it's easier to have people around when my granddaughter is on school holiday, I suppose. She could help. Get in the car and look at it and oh my goodness, this is seven weeks away from here, this appointment. Then that means another two or three weeks, maybe after that. So get home and we discuss it. And it's, why didn't you say something to him? Why didn't you get the date? So I had to, I did write in. I was a bit of a chicken, actually. I didn't phone and explained. And they were really nice. Called me back the next day. Um, and I said, yeah, I was, you know, that's okay. We will, we will do it a month from the day you have your post-op, which is coming up, which will be June 14th and then the post-op that they put way out is July 14th keeping that you have to keep that appointment too yes I'm, I'm on my way not not too long before hopefully getting the next set going then then it starts with the uh, neck brace and it's you have to obviously I mean sorry not the next brace the neck bone generator memorial day weekend at fri on friday evening my landline went and i usually let that ring because it's usually salespeople or things i don't want to answer the phone with or shouldn't do and when that when the person started talking into the machine i'm a physiotherapist and i work for da -da 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 -da, and i am checking to see about the the generator collar uh, so I picked the phone up and I said, oh, yes, sorry, you know, I'm here. And the very nice lady said, I, I am working for this company and I have to give you an interview. Uh, can I call you tomorrow? Which was the Memorial Day weekend, obviously. I'm good anyway. So, yeah, fine. It, the following day it was about, gosh, half an hour interview, I believe. 
um, how are you doing? Do you have bars on the shower and on the bathroom? And how far can you walk? And what can you do, etc., etc. Which that's fine. So I said to the lady at the end, um, "Why do I need to do this?" And she'd said to me, "Well, we can see you've got C three to C seven that was um, fused or operated on." And she said, "But I." This isn't down to me whether you get the machine or not. Should I have to pass it to a medical director? Your insurance company, which is Molina, by the way, and I have found them wonderful. I don't mention many names, but they have been great. Um, hires us to see, and we're supposed to come to the house. That's it for a visit. Well, I said, I can't do that. I live out in the sticks and um, internet Zoom's not any good and... And anyway, I was too far from where she was. So they, she agreed to have a phone interview. And she said, well, I come to look around the home and see if people need more things. I can see you don't because I I purchased the walker and I'd already, you know, purchased a, um, hopefully a B-Day that my son-in-law might fix, a really cheap thin one to put on the, on the loo so that when I can't, maybe wash myself as well after surgery so show that that's very good that you know you're thinking ahead and uh i'll get everything all the food and stuff we'll get ready so i will hand it to the medical director and we will go from there hopefully it's okay i'm getting so confused with all these people with different companies doing different things and she, i suppose like she said we we do go to houses and we see the People want electronic wheelchairs and they want this, that and the other. And I can see that they really don't and they're not, not too badly off. So great, do what you've got to do. Then the other day I get from another company, the actual bone generator company saying that uh, how much it is going to cost and what my part was, etc., etc. So I had to um, absolutely live very frugally very frugally so we were trying to sort that out and this lady was really nice and because where I live and all this you have to sign a couple of forms oh my goodness we've been two or three days to get this darn form backwards and forwards one daughter did it for me thank you then it didn't go so then uh, the ladies backwards and forwards into me and the other daughter sent it off for me Yay, all good on the computer. I'm an idiot. I can't do it. I didn't know how to. Comes back. Got the wrong date on it. So somehow or other, it got 2020 instead of 22. I managed on my own last night, sitting up in bed, to correct it. I took a picture of it and sent that. This morning comes back. Well, we need to see the whole form. Oh, my gosh. So I've been fiddling, fiddling with that. And I think I've got it dated and sent off. Hopefully that's in the works. And I made. All, I said to some friends of mine and my brother yesterday, I'm going to look like a shire horse. The shire horses are like, we call them like the Budweiser horses that go around with those lovely collars around their necks and they've got brass and all sorts of things, you know, and their heads are very erect and they trot, trot, trot with their big, big feet with those lots of hair on their feet, these cart horses or shire horses. So I think for a few weeks... Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll do that with my collar, put some decorations around it or something. So I will be looking now like a shire horse with, and then after that, a giraffe with the neck brace on. This is, this is fun, isn't it? 
Um, that's probably, I'm still on a sort of diet of chilies and I'm eating a lot of meat, which I don't usually do. My son-in-law is an excellent barbecue person and he's been barbecuing and my daughter's been bringing me some of his, he's absolutely ace at brisket. Brisket, I know from when I was a kid, was it was usually like boot leather, even if you cooked it a long while, but he seems to have the knack. So I've been eating brisket, and of course that's sticking in my throat, so it's a bite of brisket, chew, 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 trying to make it all mashed up, swallow, stuck in the throat, and have to swill it down with water. Not very interesting, not very pleasant, pleasant visual for you, but it is what it is. So um, I haven't ventured to eat. I'm eating eggs and things, and that's so unusual for me because I really like my food. Um, and that will change, I'm sure. It just gives me indigestion for some, some unknown reason at the moment. And I'm getting old, I suppose. So I've been watching the Jubilees. That's nice that I'm home to watch all the celebrations at my home. And it looks looks wonderful, and the Queen's hanging in there and I think I don't know if I've mentioned before her and my mom are the same age and I, it, I'm sure you've gathered through my recordings that my mom has been a bit of a what's it all my life and I have cut off most com most uh, communication with her my poor old brother does it but uh, he's he doesn't get as emotional as me and he just takes her shopping and says here yeah, all right mum and when she starts nagging at him, he says, well, I'm not staying here if you're going to do that. And he, he's got a different attitude and to me and just says, well, you know, our childhood was, was what it was. She's rotten old bag. Um, <laughs> it's unfortunate that she's around this long. Sounds me because he's, you know, he's getting on now. He wanted a bit of life in his retirement. But uh, no, mother's there to take that over still. But anyway... They're the same age, and I just suddenly thought that the other, that just before the week, just before this Jubilee weekend, oh, I don't know whether I ought to try and call mum. It's her birthday in July, and you know, seeing the Queen's getting frail, maybe I'd better. And something in my head said, Oh, I wonder, I wonder what she can do Jubilee weekend. What can she do? Nothing. But yesterday, my landline goes again, very rarely. I didn't look at the number, picked it up, and it started this screaming and screaming, and I don't know what all these technical noises. So, but I went to hang up, and I heard my brother's voice. I can't hear you, Gay. I can't hear you properly. I'll, I'll call you back. Tried to call him back. The phone was engaged. His end. So after a lot of faffing around, he got back to me, and he said, "I can't talk very long. I'm absolutely knackered. I've been busy all day." And he said, mum had a fall. Oh, dear. I'm sorry. What? You know, and he said, yep. He said, I got there this morning and she's at the bottom of the bed. He said, obviously in some pain, but she didn't want to go to a hospital, didn't want to go to a doctor, etc. And he said, I'm not having it. He said, I called the ambulance and my mum's got it in her head that if she was to go outside her door now, she would die. And my brother and the ambulance people are saying, no, you're not going to die. And so... <laughs> They got her in the ambulance, got her to hospital, and she hadn't broken anything, but they just think she's got a urine infection, which they can take care of. But my brother, talking to me, said, can you believe it? He said, Jubilee weekend. It's a four-day holiday. 
nobody's at work. Doctors aren't there, nurses aren't there, social workers aren't on call. And he says she tried to check herself out. She doesn't want to be there. But, you know, what? she's got to stay there. She's been hurt or shaken up and there's no one there. I can't go to England at the moment like I am. So he said I called a nurse to one side and told her that it's just not possible. And no matter how much mum says she's got this army of friends... Um, and people to take care of herself, there isn't anybody, and she needs to stay here until we can sort out. So maybe her worst dream or nightmare is coming true that as she's been taken into hospital, this might be the transfer to get her put into some a care home where she would be taken care of and hopefully she wouldn't be quite as nasty to carers as she is to her family. Um, with that, he said, well, she was in, she went in another ward and she seemed a lot, a lot happier. And he said, I'm, I'm not going tomorrow to see her. I, you know, I'm so tired and I can't, she's a couple of times today, she was about ready to ha blow her top. So I thought that's, I wouldn't, I understand, do whatever you can. And I'm grateful for that. So he, I said to him, I said, yeah, where did she get this thing from? Was it my fault about she'd die if she went out of the house because when covid started i remember saying to her um don't go out just don't get things brought in because at your age it it will kill you and so stay home and you will make sure you get deliveries or whatever and my brother said you know he's like i really don't know he said i don't think it was that he said but when when i did at the just before i left i said to her mom why are you, why did you think you're still here why did you think that you'd die as soon as you were brought out of your house and she's like well because my doctor in seven kings told me i would and this gave my brother and i a really good laugh because seven kings essex is just outside of london and the last time my mum was um in seven kings was when i was little so we're talking about yonks ago you know, when when I after the war when I was born, so she is losing a little bit of her. She can still monopolize people though, and she can still manipulate. So that cunning, I'm assured by my brother, has not gone. Even if she still thinks she's in Seven Kings Essex, where she was in her twenties, I suppose. We will wait and see what happens. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Um, that on Monday, I think, when the social workers come back, maybe he can or arrange or she shouldn't be able to go home. And then that comes with all the other stuff, clearing her house. Uh, I don't, I obviously can't go. So I, um, goodness knows what's going to happen. Poor brother has to deal with it. Um, I think for me right now, I'm just plonked on my bed watching, watching the telly in bits and pieces to see see all the crowds and listen to the people cheering. I wouldn't have been there even if I'd have been home, but it's really, for me, it's nice to see there's a lot of, a lot of pomp and pageantry there. And so for the next week, yep, week, week and a couple of days till I go to see my surgeon again, hopefully get booked for the next round. I'm hoping that with the awful things that are happening at, at the moment, all these shootings, and then I felt so bad. Well, not, 
bad all the time, but the one in the hospital the other day was obviously a surgeon like mine that does back surgery, that his his patient decided as it was painful, it was the doctor's fault and it was going to go, which he did, kill him. I'm hoping that, not it's a bit selfish I suppose, but I'm hoping that my poor doctor, my poor surgeon, and a lot of surgeons, we're losing them so much, so quickly now, don't now start thinking, well, surgery is painful. We know it's going to be painful. It's going to be difficult. But we do it to get better from something that was not very pleasant in the first place. I hope they don't think that just because we suffer pain and they, they did the surgery, we're going to go chasing after them. Because once they've done their job, and most of them, I think, the majority do it very, very well. This is amazing. They move my vocal cord. They move my esophagus or something to get through to that spine. The work he did, if it was painful, it's gonna, of course it's going to be painful. But I can't blame him. And my recovery is down to me. It really is down to me doing as I'm told. And I will try. I've got some ideas coming through my little brain to do being observant while I'm sitting around to do another, to write another script and hopefully help some of you, or lots of you, to just take a break from this crazy world. I will be working on that later today and over the weekend. I just wanted to check in and let you know how, how everything's going because I'm so grateful that some of you I know about inquired about my health and I did this with my Achilles heel my doctor said to me with my Achilles heel recovery you know just record it or write a book because it's nice for people to hear a different aspect of surgery than general moaning and groaning and uh whatever I don't want to go into that it's easier to keep up and happy and when I left my doctors the other day they were all laughing and we were laughing because of you know just things we were talking about and my accent and apparently they're all going to practice between then and my next visit the queen's wave because um it's jubilee and everybody's thinking about our queen and the royal family so that's goodbye from me for the time being uh, I hope you're listening. I really do. Because I hope if one of you has to have, and the Queen actually needed this surgery. If you look at her, where her poor head is bent, no wonder she's in discomfort. She's the Queen of England, for goodness sake. Somebody should have told her, like my doctor said last time again. Well, you can see from the car angels, you, they look around supermarkets and see people walking with the supermarket cart you know, elbows out, hunched over. You've got lumbar stenosis. You've got a problem with your spine. And they can diagnose it immediately. And so our poor queen has this too too much now for her to be having surgery. But I'm sure that's why she's infirm. And that's what I'm trying to avoid, having the lumbar stuff done. So uh, I, I probably, I'll try not to diagnose everybody that I see on the television and what have you. But... I'm getting there and I want everyone to know out there, take it slow, everything, take it slow.
I said in my last recording, take the scenic route and I keep thinking in my head, just take it slow. Even if I'm in a rush, time, whatever, just take it slow because everything works better when you're peaceful, quiet and take it slowly and calm everything down. So I'll talk to you again soon. I hope all of you out there are doing very well. And keep listening to me. I'm so grateful. Bye.